Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area, bringing information you may not find on those other financial radio shows. We are aware the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. And it sounds like Jer wants to get us started off on something that we talked about last week and we didn't have all the full information, so we're going to carry that over. What do you got for us now? Well, first of all, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope that this last week was okay for everybody and they were safe and traveled safe and had a lot of food and all that happy stuff. Uh, what we talked about last week in our little bit lighter and more airy episode uh, I brought up property and casualty companies. You know how they're raising your rates, 20%, 40 50 60 So, And I was wondering about something. While they're raising rates, when I see that the Cardinals play at State Farm Stadium, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I know when you watch Monday Night Football, if you're, if you're watching stadiums, they're generally named after an insurance company. Well, a lot of them are. You know, Safeco Park, for example. So on the way up to Snowflake for Thanksgiving, Jay did some internet research for me and we talked about it. Uh, the very first one we looked up was Safeco, speaking of stadiums. So Safeco is listed on the New York Stock Exchange under SAF.us. So I thought about that. Not only have they bought the naming rights to a stadium, you can buy their stock. You can have insurance with AAA or somebody else and still be a part of profit over at Safeco. You know, while they're raising this rates, have they suspended dividends for people? I, I don't know. I just, I think the world's convoluted. I think it's all about the bottom line. And I just think that if you have insurance with a few different carriers, it should bother you that they're raising rates. They're dropping people in certain states. So I'll give you a couple more and then I'll move on. I just, I did, I did want to follow up on that. Because it it just, it really annoys me personally. You know, I just got my renewal letter and mine, like everybody else's, went up. So it's kind of annoying. So another one, USAA is not a publicly traded company. Good for USAA. And why did you raise my rates dramatically? Geico is a wholly owned subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway, <laughs> which is a publicly traded company owned by its shareholders. While Allstate is an entirely separate publicly traded company, Geico and Allstate are competitors. I don't know why they threw that in there. Okay. Liberty Mutual is owned by Liberty Mutual policyholders. It is not public. The Progressive Corporation is a Fortune 500 publicly traded company. So thank you very much, Flo, for making sure shareholders get what they need. Uh, Allstate became a publicly traded company in 1993. I guess I'll stop there. 
Uh, AAA is one that is not public. But so I know I just I didn't want to let that go without following up that, yes, some of these big companies that you see spokespeople on TV, you see stadiums, they are publicly traded companies. And that's kind of bothersome in the day and age of everything going up. And we tell people too, I mean, we're really big on debt management, cost savings, because it's much much easier to cut costs than it is to increase, you know, your revenue or your investments. So there are brokers out there that will shop these for you. So if you have State Farm, Guideco, Nationwide, a lot of these big names, because you see the commercials, there are other insurance companies out there that are just as strong financially. They just don't spend the money um, on advertising. So, and you can find brokers out there that will shop for you so you don't have to do it. So, that's always kind of nice. I didn't know that field existed up until a few years ago, but I was able to save quite a bit when I picked up my uh, umbrella policy. I added a million-dollar umbrella policy, changed my carrier, and was able to keep the same price with added additional coverage. So, that was kind of nice. So, if you need um, some resources for that, feel free to reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com or on our website, anothermoneyshow.com. There's a contact button there. But for this episode, I thought it would be kind of fun. I'm seeing a lot of articles. You know, WeWork's in the news with their bankruptcy. You know, these Forbes magazines talking about the 30 under 30, and then a lot of these people like uh, Elizabeth Holmes recently, and then Sam Bankman-Fried. You know, we're, we're worshiping all of these financial guru geniuses and then turns out just to be fraudulent cases and Ponzi schemes. So they're able to sucker all of these supposedly intelligent people um, into giving them a lot of their money. And then we feel the backlash for it later. But I was thinking about just financial mistakes in general because everybody makes them. I know Jarrah's told me about some of his over time, but I thought that would be kind of fun. Well, what would you say if you had to pick something would be the biggest financial mistake you've ever made personally? I'm not going to talk about any of my marriages, so I'm not even sure why you lead <laughs> in that direction. One, my my current marriage is home right now. She's in the studio. She's about eh, 20 feet away. Sandy, your mom, my current wife. I don't want to call her my second to last because that's offensive and she's not feeling well today. She had a little, little health problem a few days ago and she's got a little sciatic nerve problem. So I guess that's very painful. But anyway, did to you just share all of her medical history. Did you uh did you get approval for that? Thrilled. I'm her medical power of attorney and personal representative. So HIPAA means nothing to me. Damn you, HIPAA. I don't think you should exist anyway. So my favorite financial mistakes or what what are you what are you asking? Like you want me to admit that I've done dumb sh- stuff with money? Yeah, I mean, we all have and we all, you know, you're supposed to learn from your mistakes. And I guess I I don't know how that ties into the the Forbes and all these fraud cases. But that just got me thinking, you know, about like, I don't know. I remember in college, I got my very first engineering job and my dad convinced me that I should treat myself. And I bought a brand new SS Camaro. And looking back on that, that was probably one of the biggest financial mistakes I ever made. Because I could barely afford it. I didn't know how the real world worked with finances because I was living at home through college. And all of a sudden, now I've got a $700 car payment. So I thought about that because... I remember uh, when you wanted to race me and the car wasn't even that fast. You bought this Camaro race car and you were like, ooh, it's fast. (laughs) Like, I'll race you for pink slips. 
Sorry, separate separate note. But no, and I understand we you know we've all done that. We've bought depreciating assets. You know, I I guess looking back, I always thought it was okay to keep debt. You know, I mean, if I could give somebody in their twenties financial advice and they would actually listen to it, I would say listen to Dave Ramsey day and night. And you know, I have very much mixed feelings on Dave Ramsey. I mean, I I think he's a great guy for financial common sense and financial literacy. I think he's a horrible financial advisor. Oh, wait, he's not. He's an author. He's an entertainment person, but he's not an advisor. But anyway, I, I would say the biggest thing, stop with the debt. I mean, I've drummed up my credit cards a bunch of times over my life, and they are so hard to get out of once you do that. So that's probably my biggest regret. You know, I, I have bought new vehicles that have depreciated. The one good thing about me, I'll buy a vehicle and hang on to it for a long time. I am not a, I need a new one every two or three years. I've actually, my car that I drive, Dave, my daily driver, I got it in December of 07. It's a 2008 car. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel like looking back and if I was to give my younger self advice, watch the debt. That's number one. You know, at your workplace, take your 401k, but only take the match. That's free money. And then stop there. Do your own thing. Do a Roth IRA for future taxes. Pay down debt. Buy hard assets. But I'm just asking, you know, giving yourself future advice. This is more just storytelling. Like, what other things can you think of? Because I think of one immediately, and I'm surprised it's not the one that you brought up first, because you have brought it up on this show before. But your dad handing over that whole life policy to you. Oh, yes. I yeah, that I, was a great I, story because we were really big on telling people to have policies to hand off to your kids, generational wealth transfer. But sometimes they don't listen, like Jr. Yes, <laughs> no, and, and now I've since learned. I remember giving you money a couple of times when you were younger. I don't know if you remember that. I kind of regret that. As you should. Now being mean to me all the time. No, that insurance thing. My father was his license was at MetLife, so he he was on the financial services side. But it's my life. So he did a lot of insurance. He bought for me a, I think it was called an L98. It was a whole life policy, $100,000 face amount. And it was a cash value building policy. He was overfunding a little bit. So he had this thing for me. And basically, he said that he's been paying for it for a couple of years. It's growing. He's going to turn it over to me. I wound up getting married. And he said that now, you know, you need to take this over. And he warned me. He said, keep paying this premium. At the time, this was this was in the boy, this was in the 90s. And this thing, the premiums were were very reasonable. You know, I was I was young and healthy. And so I get this thing, and I probably had it, I don't know, maybe three or four months. I'm like, why am I paying for this thing? Like this is this is ridiculous. And I thought I would take the cash value and use it for a motorcycle. So I had this $100,000 face amount policy building whole life cash value. I was preferred plus or whatever it was. And I I pull it, not only did I stop paying for it, I pulled out the cash value. I think it was like $2,300. It was not 23,000, it was like 2,300 bucks. And I pulled it and I put that money into a motorcycle and, uh, and by the way, yes, the motorcycle's long gone. I've had a few other ones since, but the motorcycle's long gone. At this point, if I fast forward to being almost 60, I'm guessing that thing would have maybe 50 grand in it if I kept paying the, what I was paying. 
So yeah, that was a big mistake and I still feel and, bad about that. I mean, I could have stood to inherited that too. So I am also not thrilled about this decision you made. Is that which motorcycle was that? That's not the Kawasaki that I now have. Because that would no. be fun to use that to buy the Kawasaki that I've already inherited from you. No, believe it or not, that Kawasaki, that thing, it's a 1982. I bought it brand new out of the crate in 1990 and 1985. So I've had that thing since I was a senior in high school. No, that thing, that's a, that's a classic. No, this was a, it was a Harley Davidson. It was a 94 Heritage Classic. And it was, it was used. A friend of mine needed money, was selling it. And I had some other money and I used that cash value and I bought that bike with cash and that bike's long gone. The next, yeah. next bike I got that I still have was a Dyna Wide Glide. I have a 2005 Dyna Wide Glide. But obviously that was, you know, years after coming into business and I didn't have to rob Peter to pay Paul on that one. Smart. And See, by the way, that, you remember that's that. another great example of depreciating assets with, with me and this house. You know, bought a motorcycle in 1985. It's at your house right now. I bought a 1995 motorcycle. It's up north. Bought a 2005 motorcycle, and it's here in the valley. So even my toys last forever with me. That's smart. I see, that's good financial planning. You're not constantly upgrading your stuff. So it is funny, though, that you pulled from that to buy a vehicle because the race car that I've built, probably the longest car I've ever owned and will continue to own, but I pulled from my Roth once to pay for that one. I remember that I fully funded my Roth for like two years. I had some money in it. And this opportunity came up to buy this uh, E36 M3. So, you know, for those who don't know how Roths work, um, if you keep them for over five years and you're over 59 and a half, you can pull any money you put in and any earnings uh, tax-free. Tax-free, no penalties. If you do not have it for five years and you're under 59 and a half, like I am, you know, very much under 59 and a half. I think I was in my early 20s and I did this. But you can take any of the money you put into a Roth out. So I put in at least five grand. Um, I left the account open. It was worth more than that at the time, but I did pull out 5,000 to buy that car. But I do still have it. Speaking of financial mistakes, that race car is 100% the biggest financial mistake I've ever made. That is... Yep. There's an obscene amount of money into that at this point. But it's funny because it's one thing that really doesn't bother me. Like you've done some things that I don't think are smart financially, but you're not married. You don't have kids. It's you. You're the only person you could be hurting is yourself. And it's, Ooh, what it's did I make? Four mistakes. Let's share that. What'd well, let's talk about the cars. I mean, you, you, oh, God. you got All right. Yeah. You've got what? <laughs> 193 cars now and the total value is worth like one Kia Sorento. I mean- no, but part of my whole thing, you know, as much as I come on here every week to sound alarms, you know, we had to explain to people forever that we want you prepared, not scared, because I'm going to say all kinds of stuff that's, oh, the sky is falling. You know, you have to live for today and tomorrow. Life is about moderation. You have always paid your bills. You've saved in advance. You've done retirement planning. You know, you're in your early 30s. So the stuff that you've done, you've done what's right first. And the cars, I mean, I've seen you soak a bunch of money into it, but look how much fun you're having. I mean, you, you're enjoying your life. So while we wait for the world to end, at least you're happy. Most people that have a lot of money that, you know, and you've seen it, you've been in the office almost six years. There's a lot of people that aren't all that happy and they have money. 
So live for today and tomorrow. There's my word. And that's those are some great words of wisdom, but it goes back to what we talked about last week, guys, with what a family member said to me a couple of years ago. You don't have to be rich. I'm not rich. And for those who missed that episode, go back in the podcast archives, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And actually, the video clip's on YouTube right now. YouTube.com. You're such a better salesman than we are. We love another, you. Right? Thank you. Like your, uncle is, your uncle is horrible. I we're all here, though. We're all a team here, so we're all selling, but um, YouTube.com, another money show. We talked about that last week, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts on, again, what we spoke about last week with a family member saying to me, and I'm sure that I'm not the only person out there where a family member has given really bad financial advice of saying along the lines of, you don't have to be rich, I'm not rich. And it goes to this conversation that we're having now, because if you take that approach mentally, I think subconsciously, you're going to be spending money and making a lot of financial mistakes that eventually will pile up. It's like when you make credit card mistakes or you go into very deep credit card debt, you just keep going deeper and deeper into debt. Well, you know, that that bill's coming soon and you're going to have to pay it. And I don't think, I think you're right. You know, you don't have, or, you know, probably not the point your uh, uncle was trying to make, but you, you don't have to be rich. A lot of people that are rich make really terrible choices financially. You just need to be smart with your money. That's what it comes down to. You know, you again, back to the Forbes 30 under 30, Simon Bankman, Fred, whatever that guy's name is, Elizabeth Holmes, all these celebrated millionaire, billionaire geniuses. Well, what were they doing? They were thief, you know, thieves. They were liars. It was all scams and people fell for it. Not just you and I, you know, the people that listen to this show, the the clients that we listen to, not, you know, regular everyday folks. These were, you know, businessmen and millionaires and geniuses when it comes to financial literacy. And they got taken, too. So if they can get taken, then all of us can get taken. But I think a lot of them get taken for greed. Don't be greedy. Don't. Money's, uh, what do you like to say, JR? It goes down a lot faster than it goes up. Just be smart. Wait for opportunities. Things don't make sense. We spend a lot of time on this show not just saying things don't make sense. We explain why things don't make sense. We played that video, was it last week or two weeks ago? We played the, the FDIC video again. I mean, the b- fractional share banking. You know, these banks have no money. You have to take care of you. And we would also like to help take care of you. I don't know. That, I don't even know what point I was trying to make. Now I feel like Jr. just rambling. I'm just not as good or exciting. <laughs> no, this is, this is no. You're fine. You're good. I'm going to give you kudos. You're totally boring. You're right. Don't sound. <laughs> you're a tremendous slouch. So <laughs> something that when I was new in the job, you know, I used to remember all the catchy things when they talked about life insurance. One of the things they said was, "You have to have an elevator speech." If you're on the elevator with somebody and you only have 30 seconds, what can you say so they'll remember you? And the life insurance guy that was telling us about this, he said, tell people you're a magician. They're always going to be like, oh, really? You know, they're going to ask more. You're like, yeah, I turn pennies into dollars. And then you (laughs) talk about life insurance, which, by the way, how wrong is that to get stuck on the elevator with somebody who sells insurance? Um, The thing you're talking about with money going down faster than up, the catchy thing I learned about that when I was new Money takes the escalator up and the elevator down. It's like, you know, they were talking about the stock market and how you have to, you know, kind of be careful. The whole thing was about diversification. So, you know, when you talk about the banks, speaking of which, that's not getting any better. 
I mean, obviously there's, there's still a bunch of, you know, if you're reading this stuff, you're going to see there's a bunch of banks that are closing a bunch of branches. I learned yesterday, 64 different bank branches were closed in the last week. You know, some of the big ones too, Wells Fargo, B and Chase. So a bunch of banks are closing. We've, we keep directing people to look up FDIC.gov. Look at the amount of money that you have in that insurance fund. It's 1.10% in the coffers. And that was at the end of the June. I, I have heard it's worse. We have a lot on the table. So it's like all the stuff that we talk about week by week, is it going to hit? You know, this morning when I was I was taking a shower, I, ne- I never unplug, which is probably a mistake. I was listening to the shower radio and they were talking about, I think it was Dan Bongino was the host of this show and he was talking about China. And a- apparently there's a new respiratory illness in China that's that's kind of reminiscent of COVID. They're starting to mask up again. They're starting the social distancing again. I guess this thing's like pneumonia. And his point was that the world is a beautiful place. He was talking about how he went to his daughter's function over the weekend. Like he has to remember that things are good because a lot of what he researches, it's not good stuff. You know, what if if this year coming up, we go into another COVID-like situation? And this one is, I guess it's pneumonia-based. Wait, can we go back and touch on what you just said? Because I feel like that's what I tried to say to you all the time. Right. There's only so much you can prepare for. You know, this whole show is supposed to be educational. I want people to know that danger, financial illness, like whatever this stuff is around you. But like, is that how you want to live your life? Jer, do you want to just be upset all the time or do you want to look on the bright side of life? Well, I liked COVID. I want to talk about the bright side of COVID. I really don't like people. So I really much enjoyed social distancing. So if there's a new virus coming this way, coming to a country near you, I can't wait. Yeah, why don't you ruin for World War III then? (laughs) Well, well, I don't want to all die. I just want people to get the heck away from me. I just want everybody around me to be six feet away or more. (laughs) So, and I, sorry, I didn't mean to get into the the rest of the world. You know, I I feel like we're called to do the show so we can get people awake. We want people awake. We want them aware. We want them nimble financially. Well, what in the heck? does a pneumonia-like illness in China have to do with your money? Do you remember what happened with COVID? You know, we had one bad market, the Teflon Dow was done down for one month. You know, we had, we had a very severe downturn. But one third in one month. That's not an insignificant time. That's one third in 30 yes, days. One month. That's but insane. Then, but then it came right back up April 1st, which is an ironic day for that to happen. It just shot right back up. Well, Fast forward, you know, we're going to hit March of 2024 soon. So think about that. Let that soak in. That, that's that been four years ago coming up here soon. And and now the talk is again. Well, we also, 2024 might be very interesting. It's a political year. You know what that means? You know, they, we get stuff from Michael C. all the time that talks about, you know, the, the bricks are growing, but now they're doing it quietly. The de-dollarization of this country is, is accelerating. You know, I read that the that another central bank is going gold back, or yeah, the uh, Dutch, the Dutch central bank is going to to back their currency with gold. So things are changing, and we have to understand. We're watching the normal stuff. You know, we always talk about ten pillars. We're watching normal things that everybody else is, but we're also in charge of watching. We we have to watch for potential black swan events. 
which means things that nobody's looking for. And it wasn't until today that I heard that China's social distancing again. Is that a black swan event? Is that become mainstream? We want people to be able to find us once a week and have enough to pick and choose what they want to look into further. You know, I mean, you know, are you annoyed when you get your property and casualty insurance bill renewal? It doesn't annoy you that when it, you know, went up. Well, why did it go up? I mean, is it, did it only go up because of the claims that took place in Florida or Georgia or Alabama or whatever? Or is it because they're also spending all your money on Jake from State Farm and Flow and stadiums? We want you to be talking about this stuff. You know, when we talked about younger workers and they, they want to work, they just need a living wage so it makes it worth working. We can't solve it. We need you to be aware of it sooner or later. This everything bubble that we're in is going to come to a head. If people are talking about it, if they're prepared to make changes and solve it and have solutions to things, that's what we're trying to facilitate. All right, guys. Well, as we go to break, I just want to pass along some important dates as we end 2023. We've got less than a week to go for Medicare's annual enrollment period. AEP open enrollment ends on December 7th. Keep that in mind. Again, reevaluate your plan by combing through your plans each year. You may find that you can save money on some of your Medicare expenses. We've talked about it in this show already, trying to save money on some expenses and some of those high-priced items that have been affected by inflation. Keep in mind, too, savvy retirees do a Medicare coverage check every year just in case they have the opportunity to save that extra money. So let us know if you have questions about Medicare. Visit the website if you do, or give JR and Anthony a call. Visit anothermoneyshow.com or call 623-523-0444 and let the guys know, JR and Anthony, that, hey, they need to assist you in this process. All right, coming up next, failed social systems in the U.S. The guys will talk about it. This is Another Money Show. We're back after this. Remember, all of JR and Anthony's listeners receive a free financial consultation just for listening to the show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com to learn more and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. A clash of speed and iron are coming to a streaming service near you this fall. I'm Jim Tarabokia with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. This November, streaming giant Netflix will stream its first-ever live sporting event, the Netflix Cup, a golfing competition featuring Formula One racers and PGA Tour golfers. Josh Schaefer of Yahoo Finance explains how this new venture makes sense for Netflix. This is happening the week that F1 is in Las Vegas, and this event is happening in Las Vegas. So for fans to be able to engage with their favorite Drive to Survive characters, I think is something to think about here. The golfing exhibition will showcase two star-studded rosters with names including Ricky Fowler and Lando Norris, who will play a professional eight-hole course with the two top teams advancing to the final hole to determine the winner of the inaugural Netflix Cup title. Meanwhile, the Netflix sports catalog that features hit series such as Quarterback continues its upward growth with this new live event and will be charging up to $2 million to secure advertising space. Any advertiser that wants in for the crossover golf event will have to commit to spending $2 million on Netflix ad-supported tier. 
So what does this mean for the live sports future of Netflix? The streaming service has been very timid about producing live sports content, but according to the Wall Street Journal, live boxing could be shown on the platform in the near future. And with the NBA television rights deal up for bidding next year, analysts wonder if Netflix could jump further into the live sports pool in the future. For the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Jim Tarabokia. If those other money advisors promise you a boatload of money, check the size of the boat. And be sure it's your boat, not theirs. Thanks for joining us this week on Another Money Show. We're glad to be with you as we broadcast every Saturday at 12 on 960 The Patriot. And don't forget, if you've missed any part of today's show, subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And keep a lookout for clips of this episode and previous shows on YouTube, youtube.com, Another Money Show. And now for some financial wisdom, it's time for the Quote of the Week. And our Quote of the Week, courtesy of Dave Ramsey. Dave said, quote, you must gain control of your money or the lack of it will forever control you. A man becomes what he thinks about all day long. It turns out that what we focus on, what we concentrate on, what we think about, we tend to gravitate towards, move towards, become that. And if it's good or bad, we're going to be pulled magnetically in the direction of the things we think about. You become what you think about. That courtesy of Dave Ramsey, kind of a double shot quote today. Dave Ramsey, a best-selling author and nationally syndicated radio host with his no-nonsense approach, Ramsey empowers listeners to take control of their financial futures through his practical advice on budgeting and eliminating debt. Once again, our quote of the week, courtesy of Dave Ramsey. Hey, quick question for everybody out there. Do you have a smart vision for your future in retirement? The holidays are a great time to sit down with your spouse and family and really think about what you want your future retirement to look like. The first step in planning a successful retirement is deciding what that dream looks like to you and your family. So again, JR and Anthony, good friends of mine sitting across from me right now, provide comprehensive consultations at no cost. Again, at no cost to our listeners. And there's no obligation. You only work with the guys if it's best for you. JR and Anthony will help you analyze your financial situation and compare your current situation to what's possible if you work with JR and Anthony. Remember, it's your money. And if it matters to you, it matters to those guys. I can promise you that. Visit anothermoneyshow.com or call 623-523-0444 to get in touch with some really trustworthy advisors and very smart guys as well. Again, anothermoneyshow.com. Or again, call 623-523-0444. Well, we ended last segment, guys, talking about being prepared, not scared, the mantra of this show. But with world events and the unknown future, election year of 2024, that phrase, it, it continues to ring true, doesn't it? You know, and, and change is going on in the world. You know, Argentina was invited into the BRICS, you know, how they're expanding. Argentina saying no. You know, I, I believe the BRICS won in Argentina because of their meat production. They have a huge commodity production there with meat. So they're saying no. They got a brand well, why new do you think they would say no, though? Because, I mean, you, you use them as an example of countries that were prosperous and then failed kind of in a grandiose style. But this is a bunch of com- countries coming together and trying to share resources, better one another. If you are a country that was once grand and they're now not, why are you not trying to better your situation that way? What do you think they have that they can do better on their own? 
they have a new president that basically wants to take them 180 degree opposite direction of what they've done that's failed over and over. So they, they have somebody that's coming in who's basically, he's an ultra conservative economist. So he wants to come in and stop doing the same things they've done over and over, expecting different results like they're insane people. And he wants to try something new. You know, I mean, and, and is it going to succeed? I, I don't know. His name is Javier Millet, and he's he's definitely refreshing. I've listened to a bunch of his interviews with Tucker Carlson and other people, and it's and it's refreshing to hear somebody who's like, you keep failing. Let's try something different. So I, I think this country better learn that lesson quick. You know, I mean, another thing that I just got today, you know, I didn't have a lot with Sandy being a little under weather with Thanksgiving. I didn't have as much time as usual to prepare and look stuff up. So, you know, a lot of what's on my mind is just stuff I heard today. Do you, do you know that illegal immigration is costing us $451 billion a year? That's the estimate. So that's a half a trillion a year. The reason that piques my interest, we have all kinds of people come in the country still, if it's a half a trillion dollars a year, when we already have failing social systems, such as Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, disability income, veteran benefits, all these things are already strained to the point of potential failure. And then you're adding to it another half of a billionaire. You know, we we told you a week or two that now we're paying, what is it, a trillion dollars a year now just on the interest on the $33.7 trillion in debt that we've incurred. It's Things are going to tip, you know, as much as the world is a beautiful place, as much as we had a great time for Thanksgiving. I mean, it, it was nice. We got together with family. It, it was wonderful. It's like we also can't put our head in the sand. You know, I, I bring up normalcy bias. Actually, I haven't brought it up in a while. If you're not familiar with the psycho psychological term normalcy bias, I would look it up. Because if you're listening to this show and you've listened to the show before and you relate to what we're saying, you have to wonder why so many people are going about their affairs like everything's normal. Look up normalcy bias. It's gonna. It might isn't be. everything kind of normal? I mean, everything cycles. The government's been mismanaging their money for a long time. So is it even a a normalcy bias this point, or is this just normal? We've been removed from the gold standard. We can't. You know, interest rates aren't being used smart with the Fed. They're being used to prop up the market and make our economy look better than it is. You know, the printing of the money from twenty twenty. Um, you know, this massive inflation, is this not just normal? I mean, is it a, a bias to just, you know, do people really have their heads in the sand or this, this is just normal life now because that's how they've mismanaged it for so long? We're right in between my, you're asking me, so you're going to get my opinion, not, not any, you know, I have no insider information on this. I'm not yeah, Martha. I don't know who else I could ask. You're the only one here on the screen. Well, no, you could ask Jim. He's silently, he's, he's creeping me. in the background. Jim's here. Yeah. I would rather ask Jim's uncle. You want to give yeah, someone's yeah, uncle? So, I'll give, I'll give Jim him my head. I had Thanksgiving dinner with your uncle, Jim. It, it was horrible. You're right. He's a, he's he's not a good person. He stole 20 bucks on my wallet, so I'm not happy. <laughs> sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be rich. He JR's is 20 yeah, rich. That's now. right. You don't have to be rich, JR. I'm not rich as he takes the $20 right out of your wallet. I it was garbage advice last week, and it's garbage advice again this week. Jim's uncle. Thank you, you very I, much. <laughs> that poor guy. He's probably a sweetheart too. He Sad probably is. One of them. Yeah. 
He's on the other side of the country. He's probably not listening to 960 The Patriot. Yes, but he found us wherever he found his favorite podcasts, you know, like Amazon and Google and all that. Podbean. And he could listen to another money show on on a podcast platform, as JR mentioned. But if he doesn't listen on Saturdays like everybody else at noon on 960 The Patriot again, where could he go to listen? (laughs) He can go to our website. You know, he could do that, too. Jim's uncle, if you're listening, everything I just said, it was allegedly. I don't know that you really took 20 bucks out of my wallet, but allegedly, I think you did. So, and right, you know, I'm gonna, about. you asked me if I think this high inflation, if this, you know, massive spending and fractional reserve banking and all the stuff that's going on at this point, is it normal? Yes, unfortunately, it's very normal. The only thing is, it has to be transitory. We were. Like a hundred years ago, this country, you know, we we got ahead. You know, there were advancements, things were moving. Well, they still are actually on steroids. But you know what? Things used to, inflation doesn't need to be there. I'll give you an example. In the 90s, in the 2000s, the 2010s, in these decades, big screen TVs have come down. They The technology gets better. The efficiency at making these things get better. And things, the cost of goods and services can go down, yet they don't. They're going up. Why is that? And by the way, I did listen to the press secretary talk about inflation and how things are getting cheaper and we're paying less for Thanksgiving dinner this year. There's only been, I think I heard there was only four years that Thanksgiving dinner was more expensive. Where are you shopping, government? The people that are telling me this crap numbers, where are you shopping? You know, one thing too, inflation. They're saying that they might actually be able to stop raising interest rates now. And now I'm starting to hear more and more. They might start doing rate cuts as soon as next year. They're saying it because inflation is not a problem. It is a problem. Let me tell you something funny. So a year ago or two years ago, when inflation was up 9%, that was problematic. We all started noticing it. Food was up, gas was up. And now it's only up by 3 or 4%. So they're saying it's getting better. No, it's up 3 or 4% on last year and the year before is 8 and 9%. It's still going up. It just slowed. So is, should I get back to the point? It's so funny how easily- No, actually, you know, I love that point because it, it's all relative. Yeah, okay, so let's say that inflation is stable, okay? But what was it compared to two years ago, three years ago, four It's skyrocketed. So trying to sell me on the fact that it's stable doesn't mean you haven't been screwed for the last five years. And they, the news loves to celebrate that. The market loves to celebrate that. Say say the Fed comes out and cuts it a quarter point, right? We're going to see headlines about how great this is. Everything's back to normal or better than normal. And the market's going to skyrocket again over this quarter point. But that doesn't mean that they didn't just raise it 7% over the last couple of years, right? The way that yeah. they mark their, their marketing expectations to, okay, I'm, now I'm getting into the normalcy bias, to make this stuff seem normal even though you've been screwed over for the last few years. Well, it's a classic case of gaslighting too, you have to remember. And I think that when one thing, for whatever reason, people seem to believe that when the White House or their communication staff comes out and says, well, inflation is down, food is down this Thanksgiving. It's not. We did a vignette on that recently. We're going to have a Christmas vignette coming in the month of December about inflation and Christmas shopping. But let's say that is true. Let's say that inflation is down a little bit and that some of the food for Thanksgiving, the food for the holidays, for Christmas, Hanukkah, whichever you celebrate, 
let's say that food is down. I just had news today through an email come to me, not really news, but uh, lack of a better term, about how my cable bill, my internet and cable package bundle bill has gone up $20. Um, those things, and I live in Florida, so my insurance is always going up once or twice a year because of possible hurricanes and whatnot. So those are the things, though. You can talk about inflation being down, and you can talk about uh, prices of things maybe going down if you do believe that, but you're, people aren't looking at the other side where things and prices of such are going up and continue to go up at a very slow rate, but that $20 that compounds at the end of the year. Well, $20 doesn't seem like much in the sense of what can $20 buy you? But if you're saying your right. cable bill, what is that in relative to your cable bill? Is that 30%? 20%? About 20 to 30%. That's insane. You're, that's a that's huge, huge yeah. markup. Right. You know, and, and Anthony, when you bring that up, there's something else about that. If it was just Jim's cable bill, that'd be one thing. But it's it's all these bills. You know, here in Arizona, we have SRP and APS. They're they're both in for a rate increase this year. It's it's everywhere you look. You know, if you live in Sun City, our office is in Sun City. There, apparently, this is going forth. It, right now, if you buy a house in Sun City, you have to pay a, a four thousand dollar fee on every every house to go into what the rec center of Sun City. Now it's going to go up to five thousand. It's like four hundred fifty or something bucks a month to use the rec centers. Now it's going up another 50 or 100 bucks to 500 and something. It's everywhere you look. And you have to couple this with shrinkflation. So let's say the price of, you know, whatever, Irish Spring soap is only going up 3% this year instead of 8% like last year. That's great. It's, it's, it's lessened its increase. It's still not going down and they're shrinking things. You know, buy a bag of chips. We've always made jokes about how much air is in the bag of chips. Now there's even more air as the price is going up. So it's, yeah, shrinkflation's an interesting one because that way they keep, you know, they can hide the cost really by shrinking the product itself. Yes, you're getting less for your dollars. Therefore, you need to buy more. And even though it's a smaller increase, it is an increase. So get I less with more. Earlier, and I was like, I'm going to make a really good point off of that, but then. I forgot it. It was probably that my car was way faster than your Camaro, but I'm not sure. Not that that far back. No, it really wasn't. Yeah, it was faster. Yeah, it was. You were, yeah, you had been, oh, a little time goes by. Now you don't remember my car was faster. So speaking of which, I think you should make another dumb money mistake and buy a Camaro. Buy one of the, or a Corvette. Buy one of those new, what is it? Mid-engine eight. I do love the C8s. I really do. And, Here's my justification for that, because technically it's a steal. It's stupidly <laughs> priced. It's so expensive. But compared to what it can perform, like, and it'll outperform Ferraris, and those are like 300000 400000 and this you can get like seventy, eighty thousand. 80000 So I think they're insanely well-priced for what it is that they can do. So that's Good my stamp on that. I don't know. Right. I love them. I All really right. do. And- you know, on paper, like on your birth certificate or whatever, you're, I don't know what you are, like 33 years of age, but in human years, you're like 77. So if you meet in the middle, this is a perfect time for you to have a midlife crisis. So I mean- I already have the new balances, so it'll be perfect. Uh, you are such a boomer. You're a boomer trapped in a whatever generation you <laughs> are. Should have a, I'll have a barbecue when I get the Corvette and I'll have my new balances and I'll, I'll barbecue for all our listeners, have everybody over at the house. 
Well, and I want to see what you wear. I want to see the shorts. Are you going to wear jean shorts, which have been gone for quite a while? Are you going to wear the cargo shorts that you can get at Sam's Club? Or as I like to call them, the purse pants. Your mom's talking about her. Your mom, who's homesick, is actually trying to chime in. I asked her earlier. I'm like, do you feel up to saying a word or two on the show? And she said no. And now I hear her saying something. What, what Sandy, did you, what advice do you have for Okay, your mom wants you to wear black socks with your white New Balance. And I want you to wear jean shorts or cargo shorts. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen you not wear jean shorts. Or cargo shorts. I switched to cargo shorts like all the other boomers years ago. Once they were available at Sam's Club for like under 20 bucks, I went that way. And they are pretty handy. I can keep a whole bunch of stuff in these purse pants. All your coins. That's why we have a chain shortage. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We have a chain shortage still. Is that still a thing? Are we still hoarding? No, it was never a thing. It was never it was never a thing, oh, but it is right. gonna make it easier for us to go to a cashless society. We're already cashless. We're already nobody uses cash. They don't write checks. We're already cashless. It sounds like a normalcy bias. You're just kind of accepting the world as it is, Chair. Yeah. Is that uh, are you a victim of this there's, normalcy bias? There's nothing I can do about any of this stuff. So I just wanna live my life and be happy. Speaking are you of happy, happy here now? Stop I have a question. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> wanna be boomer. So I have a question for you. Did you did you hear? I keep trying to take it back to bad news. As much as you're having a good time today, it's it's our last light and airy post Thanksgiving show. The next week, I'm going to get back to having outlines of stuff that's horrific in the world. We're going to get back to telling you we need you prepared, not scared, proactive, not reactive. No, that's the thing. So you've told you've spent the last I don't know how long have we been doing this? A year and a half, two years, something. Anyways, people should be prepared. They shouldn't be scared. They should just know. They should just go out and enjoy their lives. Why are you trying to ruin it for everybody? Well, what, that's what are you gonna, how are you going to better your situ- situation just being miserable all the time? Have you not prepared? Have you not prepared? JR, have you prepared? You, you yes, prepared? I have. And you think yeah. I'm miserable? I'm having a great time. When I can get under people's skin enough to wake them up, I'm having a wonderful time. I so you feel don't like, want to make me miserable. Yes. You, yes. But other people around me, no. I just want to better their situation. It's funny because we've had people tell us, we, we've had people like our friends down in Tucson, a little shout out to an insurance brokerage if you need a good one, Ford Strategies. We we have a couple of people that work at Ford Strategies that started listening to the show and went online and bought some food, some food storage. I'm I a Boy Scout. That. It, well, that's wonderful. So if things get sketchy, we have positively changed that person and his family's life. And that's a good thing. You know, we our whole thing. We want to better your situation. We're financial people, so our focus is on financial matters. But you know what? This is a very uncertain world. I do think this whole thing about, you know, is this normal now? The reckless spending, the ridiculousness, it it is normal right now, but it's still in a transient state. It's not going to go on forever. No country has sustained the debt levels that we are currently and made it. We are at the end of the world reserve currency. It's not going to be gone next Wednesday. It's but this time it's, is different. Yeah, it's not different at all. It's just way worse. It's way worse. It's not different make, at all. Make sure you make your way to usdebtclock.org. It's been a really fascinating lately. It just here and there, they'll add these things onto the page. We've screenshot. We've gotten them from our friend Cheryl. We've we've got these screenshots. It's amazing. They're talking a lot about hard assets. They're talking about gold and silver. They're, they're, it's, it must be a a Christian or whatnot 
that runs that site because there's been stuff about getting your uh, your spiritual house in order too, which does seem that way. Yes, yeah, yeah, especially when they talk about God's money and you know good principles. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I want to bring you to something real quick. Did you hear that now the current presidential administration is getting back into the fray with with the fiduciary rule? Did you hear about that? They they uh, put in another another ruling on October thirty first, and then starting November first, it's I think it's a sixty day period for people to give input and say what they think. You know, we we got the fiduciary rule under Obama. It morphed under Trump. It's morphing again now under Biden. I looked into a little bit and I learned some stuff I didn't know. The one thing I've told everybody, if you find a good financial advisor, a good financial consultant, a good financial planner, if they have your best interest in mind, they're going to do what's right, whether people are looking or not. They don't care what the government tells them to do. They're going to do what's right. Unfortunately, a lot of people in this industry don't seem to want to go that way. They're into sales over education. They're into product sales over planning. So, but, you know, watching this, that we're going to have another flurry of activity with the fiduciary rule, it, it really, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we're on the doorstep of World War Three. I mean, you know, there's all these pressing things going on and we're going to open this can of worm again. I have told people with the fiduciary word, it's, it has become a marketing tool more than a useful tool because we actually get to see financial plans. So we see what it's like to work with somebody who's a CFP, who's a fiduciary, who's just an insurance salesperson. We see all this different work. And I can tell you what, you know, it, it's definitely a rigged game. You know, when you look at the origins of the fiduciary rule itself under Barack Obama, it, it came through the Department of Labor. So it, ha- it covered ERISA plans. If you have an IRA, it covers that. But if you, if you have non-qualified regular money in a checking account, it doesn't apply to that. Think about that logic. You walk into my office for an appointment and you have your 401k statement, you recently retired or left a job at United Healthcare or whatever. So you have this 401k with 100 grand in it. You also have your checkbook with another 100 grand in it. And you want my help with both sides of your money. I have to be a fiduciary. I have to have the best interest standard, whatever the, the word of the day is on this. I had to have that at hand, but only to deal with half your money. That's amazing. Oh, you'll get a kick out of this, Anthony. Also today, while I was getting ready for work this morning, I heard another Ken Fisher commercial and it, and it brought up brought up fiduciary. I said the word fiduciary. And I was like, this is, this is really funny. So they're going to start coming around again when, when we start revamping fiduciary again. Well, let's talk about right fiduciary just then in the general sense. It's I have to do what's best for the client. But aren't these same commercials also telling you that you have to have $500,000 to see them? So you have to have 250, you have to do the heavy living, lifting, all that. So these advisors, they're fiduciaries and they really, they care so much about you, but only if you're rich enough to make them a living. Only yes, that's yes. when the fiduciary rules applies. As if you are rich enough to be, if they, if you have enough money that they can be bothered to give you advice. I love it. I, I hate these rules. I hate this industry. 
said that a thousand times. Never stop saying You it. hear me all the time. I tell people I slam my own industry. I'm like, I, you know, we think 80, 85 plus of all the plans we look at, there's questions we have. We wonder if they did it your best interest or theirs. You know, I, I think we're- I don't know how you say 80 to 85 still. I, I've 90 to 99% or 95 to 99%. I can think of like a handful of people that have come in and be like, I like everything you're doing. Whatever you, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You don't need us at all. I can think of a handful of people that have sat down with us. I guess you're right. What Maybe they're planning. I guess, I, guess I, and I've been more aware since you've been in the office because you were kind of surprised by what I've done over the years versus what you see, you know, and, and I compare financial advisors, you know, to use car salespeople and timeshare salespeople. It, and it's funny when people hear that, they're like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I, people never argue. They're never like, no, these are suit and tie wearing professionals. They would never do that. Everybody agrees with me. I'm like, if you're lucky enough to find somebody who really cares about you, whether they're a stranger, whether they're a relative, that's like gold. Hang on to that. We have yeah, seen but again, Let's go back to these Ponzi schemes. Everybody trusted Bernie Madoff. Like everybody trusted all of these super genius billionaire, millionaire investors who were only doing stuff. And then it was all fraud. It almost is almost if the story goes on long enough, so many of these cases end in fraud. It's always too good to be true. People are constantly chasing. They're chasing. There's no realistic expectations. There's no being smart with your money. It's chasing and following trends. It's whatever everybody else is doing. That's it. And then it's easy to justify because if everybody else is losing, then you're losing too. So you're in the same boat instead of being out of the boat with your safety device and being smart with your own money and thinking for yourself. But Which is why you need to call Roxford and Associates. You should call Anthony. He is a fiduciary. You know, my, my whole thing with everything in life, be smart. Next to your health, your money is the second most important thing. Act accordingly. We've shouted at you about the banks. If you still have a safe deposit box, it's on you, you know, when things change. So we're, we're, we want to be here for you. You know, I mean, uh, every week we do sound alarms, but also I hope you understand that during the week we are financial. We will help you answer your questions about Roths, Roth conversions. That's a resource. We've yeah. given you our email. Reach out to us. If you have questions, if you think we're uh, full of it, you know, let us know. Let us prove to you. You know, all these things we're saying are true, but for, I mean, that's kind of it for today. Anyways, that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, you have questions on any of the topics today, or you want to sit down with us to review your personal financial situation, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web, anothermoneyshow.com. You can book appointments with us straight from that site. You can find us on YouTube. We got little clips of the show. Remember, right, we just kind of, nailed this point quite a bit towards the end, but there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. Till then, we will see you next Saturday right here at noon on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. At Rochford & Associates, we know you've worked hard to earn your money, and you've worked even harder to save it. When it comes to wealth management and planning for retirement, J.R. Rochford and his team of specialists have been helping individuals, families, and business owners find financial freedom at their veteran-owned firm for more than 25 years. Give us a call now at 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. 